Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stack in here, my good friend and co-host of this fine podcast. Mr. Travis Crins joining me. Travis, how are you? We're fantastic. Good. World Series is starting this week, and I don't care. Uh, neither team that I would have wanted to see in there or have a rooting interest in seeing made it. Uh, that would have been the Brewers and the Astros. Instead, we get the Battle of the Coast. It's East Coast versus West Coast. Boston Red Sox hosting, uh, or they have home field advantage against the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, um, yeah, that super excited for this World Series. The two obviously very good teams, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I don't care. Um, we were all in on the Brewers. That didn't happen. Uh, Astros would have been under the Astros. Um, there's no rooting interest. I would prefer the Dodgers win, but it's not like I'm going to care that I miss these games. I'm not going to see game one tomorrow. I'll miss out on a potential game six. I'll be in Minneapolis this weekend, so I'll miss any game Saturday, Sunday, whenever they would play. I don't anticipate seeing more than maybe two or three games of this series. Hopefully it goes seven. Um, and if, it, you know, if it's Sale and Kershaw game one, and the way in the old days it would be, it'd be game one, game four, game seven, mm-hmm. you would have those guys. Probably not, probably if now it's going to be game five, then you would see both of those guys in relief in game seven. So that loses a bit of steam. Um, Boston's offense has been great. Yes, they Dodgers, have. They've been getting bu- the Dodgers' offense—they've been getting by, but I should be excited. But unfortunately, I'm not. So that sucks. Yeah, I agree with you too. I mean, it like you say, there is just no rooting interest involved here. Uh, I mean, Boston's of course won World Series, and Boston sports fans are so uh, spoiled. Uh, their teams win all the freaking time. And L.A., everything's going great. You know, you got LeBron in L.A. The you know the Rams are the cream of the crop. Do, do the Dodgers really need to win something? I don't think so. Um, I think, I mean, they do because, like we said last week, they're turning into the Braves. I mean, they spent a lot of money. They came close last year. They have to win. I mean, they, I mean Boston won it. They, Boston's won it here plenty over the last 10, 10 15 years. Like the Dodgers, uh, you know, to, to be not a, a terrible footnote in history, they need to win at least, if it's not this year, you know, it's, it's very difficult to, to do what they've done. And yep. this year, they, they may as well get it done because it's not guaranteed that they're going to get back. That That's fair, I guess. Um... For, for Clayton Kershaw's legacy, whatever that's worth, and for him to maybe put together a couple of good posts this season starts, He's had a good postseason. He's had uh, he's had some good starts uh, this postseason. So if you keep that up here in the World Series, get that ERA under four uh, for his playoff, um, that'd go a long way. So there, there, I think there's a lot on the plate here for the Dodgers. Oh yeah, nope. I I, I agree with you there. Um, Boston, what they did in that series against the Astros, it was just very good. Of course, the Mookie Betts catch. Uh, about that last week because we had recorded the podcast before that happened here. I mean, I I think that the Mookie Betts fan interference play in what, game five? Game four? Game four. Ga- game four. Um, I think that totally throws the the complexion of this series 
it, it, it just it completely changed it. Yes, um, yes, Houston got a lead in that game in Game Four, but I mean those two runs played a huge role in in the game. Ultimately, Boston won by two runs, and just the momentum and everything that would have happened had had Jose Altuve gotten the home run. I think that that's just a huge call. And if Boston goes on to win this World Series. I think there's going to be a lot of people looking at that play and saying, "Wonder what if, what would have happened had that uh, had that fan interference not gotten called by everyone's favorite umpire, your favorite umpire, my favorite umpire, Uncle Joe West." The good thing is that they won in five, so they they, they won decisive. So it's not like it came down to a game seven, right? So so I'll, I'll give them that much. Uh, it's just to win that game, well, they had a pretty good chance. At, at the very least, it's tied. Um, my my big thing is don't. My new rule is there's no reason for him to call out, to call it fan interference, to call it anything, because he literally couldn't see it. He made a call, and that's what stuck. If he would have said home run, then it would have said a home run. So my my. To make it better would be to not have it any call, go to the replay right away, because it is not physically possible to make that call. But don't that's you, just the way it is. But don't you need a call on the field to you review? No? Okay. You don't. Well, you're, you're call, you, you, you're, you are saying, all right, we, we have a team. You're saying we're going to look at the replay here because you obviously, and, and even on the replay, it's hard to see. Right. And, I mean, Joe West can't make a call. He's not making a, a call that's correct or not. He may luck his way into he's got a 50-50 chance of making the right one, but in no way is he accurately looking at that. So, oh, fan, yep, fan reached over. Yep. I mean, you, you cannot, literally, you cannot see that. Well, With that and any other, any other, you know, call like that. So. You're right. And this is not a Steve Bartman sort of situation here, like what happened with the Cubs back, what, it was that 03? Well, uh, yeah. Yep, uh, against the Marlins. I mean, Mookie Betts, uh, there's probably no other, is, correct me if I'm wrong, is there any other Buxton. outfielder in Buxton. the game that would have been able to do what Mookie Betts did there? Buxton would have been able to. Buxton, okay. Maybe Trout, maybe Trout, but it's a short list. Okay. So, the way you can kind of judge it is with Mookie Betts going back, like he's jumping back, you could tell that, at least in in my estimation, I think you can tell that Betts is over the wall. Does it, does yes. it not look like that? So, in that, in that sense then, isn't fan interference overruled? I guess, what is it? Yes. What is, so like if there's a foul ball in the stands and a player's trying to go after it, the fans have just as much right to that ball as the player, correct? Once it's in the stands, yeah, then you cannot have fan interference on a ball in the stands. If right. the fan doesn't reach over into the field of play, there's no fan interference. So the thing is, did the fan reach over? I don't think they did. I don't either. So therefore, you cannot call fan interference. So that's where I, I, I think they got the call wrong, one. So that's that's my that's my big. I, I saw a poll. I saw a couple polls where like sixty percent thought it was the right call. I'm like, 
No. Well, no. <laughs> the fan did not reach over. Well, the fan didn't reach over. The ball was in the stands. If, it, if they don't touch his glove, does he make the catch? It's a hell of a guy. I would say no, but he may, he, may, he may have, but that's relevant because the ball was in the stands, and that's all you got to look at. If oh, the fan I, reached over... They didn't, so it's a home run. And maybe maybe it's just me, but the way Mookie Betts' glove closed like that so quickly, I don't think it was... Would would a glove close that quickly after hitting a fan's hand like that? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think he would have made the catch, but who the hell knows. Um, But it it, it maybe cost Houston a game, so that's unfortunate. And perhaps the most decisive look at it was along the the foul pole there along the along the wall and a security guard is blocking it he's blocking access so i guess he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do uh he must have been a boston security guard um playing uh, uh houston houston's been at the mount water for using cameras to allegedly tape the other team so it's funny that when they need a camera to help them get blocked so, what do you make of that it, I don't get. Is it really that big of a deal if teams are like using hidden cameras yeah. or stealing sides? Like, I, what's the whole point of it? Yeah, just picking up on signs. Um, it's illegal for a reason. Now, if you, uh, I'll put it at their dugout and you can pick up their signs. And okay, are they going to steal here, or what pitch are they going to throw, or what are they trying to do here? Like, I mean, they're they're using it because it's useful. They're not just using it just to, just to have it. There's, there's probably some value they can get from that, and uh, every little bit helps. There's a reason why New England was taping the other team's practices, or right. walkthroughs, or whatever they were taping, it, because they, they they can get something from that. In my mind, though, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm probably off on this here. You are the resident baseball expert here. Wouldn't baseball be the sport that you wouldn't you would get the least amount of information from in terms of, of signals or anything like that. Like at least, you know, in, in football, you're taping a walkthrough or you're, you know, you're getting plays and stuff that you might potentially see formations and everything like that in baseball are the hand signals. Is it really that big of a deal? If someone's, you know, trying to steal it, I know it's, I know it's like not, not sports, like sportsman like at all, but between that or like a basketball, anything or like football, that's what I'm saying. I guess I think what the Patriots did would be far worse than stealing signals in a baseball game. But maybe I'm maybe I'm missing the point of it. And teams change signals all the time, so that does not happen. But if you can if you can get something, you know, if uh, there's a runner at second and he can relay the sign that he sees that the catcher holds down to the batter, you know, something like that. Um, just little baseball things like that. Just try to get the advantage and, you know, varying success I would I would expect and whether or not it's right or not. So the Astros lost, the Brewers lost, our interest in this World Series is uh, almost none, but uh, Dodgers and uh, Red Sox... Game one is Tuesday night. Uh, you'll you'll know what's happened by that point when you listen to this podcast. Uh, you'll you can find all. I think it's what Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday if necessary. Correct. Yes, two off days in a seven game series. That's great. 
Milwaukee lost this series. Yes, they did. Their their inability to use their best pitcher killed them. Killed them. That, and that uh, best pitcher would be Josh Hader. Josh Hader. Game two, they were up three nothing in the seventh. He didn't come in. Um, that was a missed opportunity. Game seven, he comes in. Third inning, he throws 31 pitches. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's a waste. At, at that pace, he was going uh, 10 pitches in any. He should have he should have thrown uh, six innings. And he he comes out and Dodgers immediately score. That's not a coincidence. They put in Jeremy Jeffress, who was great all year, uh, but he was terrible in the playoffs. He was terrible against uh, the Rockies. He was terrible against the Dodgers. So it, it was a bad time for him to be bad. And they kept going to him, going to him, going to him. And I think it was like game one or whatever it was, he loaded the bases in the ninth inning before he got out of it, and they won, I think, by three or four runs. Mm-hmm. But almost every time he came out, he, he had base runners. So it was a bad decision. I put that on Craig Council. He, I, I truly believe he cost them the World Series. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, didn't he have several uh, slightly questionable Pitching uh, moves in this series throughout, not just with the with the game seven and or game seven just, and Josh Hader. I just go game two and game seven. Hader pitched in game one. They didn't bring him back in game two. They should have. I mean, we're not saving you for anything here. Our season's done here, so we're not. If you got to pitch, you know, three innings back to back days, so be it. You know, you're gonna have a game off here or there. But, and, and then he brought him in in one game where they were up a few runs late, and he throwed through like two-thirds of an inning through like eight pitches. It's like, what's the point of that? That's not – somebody else can do that. And I, I didn't really – I didn't like Kershaw coming in for the ninth. They were up, what, five to one? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just unnecessary, I guess. I thought Kenley Jansen could have – Another inning, I think he won an inning plus, playing in third, went through maybe 15 pitches. I felt like he could have thrown another 10 pitches to get out of that. Brewers weren't scoring. So, well, I mean, he's, he's going to start game one, and I hope he does well, but I thought it was a bit unnecessary, but whatever. They, they won. So. I always go back to the water boy quote. <laughs> And they say, it, you know, you never hold anything back. And granted, this is not the World Series where you really wouldn't want to hold anything back. But it's to get to the World Series. So why why wouldn't you do everything you possibly could and then let the chips fall as they may in the World Series? I'd rather have, you know, and people are like, oh, let's, you know, get your starting pitcher rotation. You don't want your starter to have to pitch in Game 7 and then not be available for Game 1 and, you know, Subsequently, game four, game seven. What the hell do you have your starting pitcher, your star pitcher there for if it's not to get to the World Series? Like, why, why set him up to be in a spot to pitch game one if you won't even get to that series? You know what I mean? One of the arguments that I've heard from like people um, that that question things like this is, well, what about the next game? There's well, not a next this, game if you don't about, win it. <laughs> how about you win this game here? We don't know. We don't know what the next game is going to be. The next game could be five to one, could be ten to nothing, it could be two to one. We we don't know what the next game is. I do know what this game is, and this game is you're down two to one in the sixth inning, 
he got the best pitcher on either team pitching right now, and he's doing great. Don't take him out, and he did. And then the next, and then that was that was the ball game. Puig, that'd be any glad. And well, was Puig. So uh, bad, bad decisions. And, and the thing about it is, I don't think anybody mentioned it after the game. I don't know if anybody mentioned it in a story on TV. I know that Smoltz and Joe Buck didn't mention it. They were just atrocious in this series. They they didn't mention this at all. None of them questioned why he wouldn't go more than 31 pitches when he had gone nearly 50 earlier in the playoffs. That was amazing to me that they never even considered it. Everybody was like, boy, if you can get three innings from Hader, that's about it. And I'm like, Christ, if you can't get 50, 60 pitches, you're wasting them. Just their inability to, to pick up on the decision of the series and the season for Milwaukee was extremely poor. And uh, there was the start earlier in the series where uh, it was Wade Miley. He went one batter. Yeah, five and they pitches. Took him out. Yep. And then Smoltz and Buck was like, I've never seen anything like this. What is this? This happened like in September, the, the, didn't it? It happened in September, like to the second to last weekend of the year. They did it against the Cardinals. They brought in the pitcher. He threw in the first batter. Joe Buck should he know that then if they're playing the Cardinals. Yes. Do your research. Do your research. Look at some box scores. This was the last. Uh, Brewers were not guaranteed to be in the playoffs. Last week of the season, look through some goddamn box scores and see that they did this less than a month ago. They took a guy out after one batter. That's what they wanted to do. People lost their minds about it. It happens all the time. Sixth, seventh, eighth inning, they'll bring in a lefty to face one guy. Instead of doing it in the seventh, they did it in the first. So people have to they have to get their head around of the goal of the game is to get twenty seven outs. It doesn't matter if you use a pitcher in the in the first inning to get one out, or if you use a pitcher in the seventh inning specifically to get one out. Whoever gets twenty seven outs first wins the goddamn game, as long as you're ahead. What a novel so, concept. Yes, it doesn't matter uh, who pitches what inning. It doesn't matter how long they pitch. It doesn't matter if the first inning or first three innings you use three different pitchers and the last six innings you use one pitcher. It doesn't matter. Get your outs the way, whatever best fits your team. Uh, side just, you know, that's the way baseball's moving. That's the way it's going to be very quickly now. We're seeing this change very quickly. So either get on board or let the game pass your ass by like it appears it has Johnson. Uh, so, again, World Series starting this week, Red Sox, uh, Dodgers, the battle of East Coast versus West Coast, a uh, couple of new managers, uh, Brad Ausmus is the new a- manager of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of, uh, Orange County, blah, 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 shut up, Nathan, and, uh, also we got, uh, who is this, uh, the, Bell is, uh, the ma- new manager of the Reds, so that's, uh, that's good, is it, is it Buddy Bell's, uh, Son or something, something like that. Is it David Bell? Is that what this guy's name is? His name is David Bell. Yes, he okay. was with the Cardinals, and he was with the uh, Giants in their front office last year. Okay, and it is his dad is Buddy Bell. Um, so either of those uh, managing managerial hires uh, trip your trigger at all? No, never. Uh, David Bell, I can't remember him. Brad Ausmus, that's just bad. It's bad. Made the playoffs his first year in Detroit until they went downhill since. 
He left one pitcher in in the first inning to throw 55, 54 pitches. That's just a bad decision. Um, I don't like the Angels. You don't like the Angels. No. Uh, I, I, I don't. No. Seems like a a move that's not forward thinking. Seems like not a guy that's up on you know what baseball's becoming. Right. Well, he says he's ready to embrace analytics with the Angels. Okay, well, we'll see if that okay, happens okay. here. Uh, the Diamondbacks sign Eduardo Escobar to a three-year extension, so there ends the thought that he might end back up with the Twins, so that sucks. Uh, I thought he might get more than $21 million, but that's what he got, so good for him. And then, uh, tell, do you know anything about these Mesa brothers that the Marlins are bringing in? They're highly rated. They're from Cuba. Uh, so it se- seems appropriate that the Marlins are signing them. Uh, is this just, uh, it, they sound really, really good. Uh, can you tell me any more about them? How, what do you know about them, if anything? Victor, Victor Mesa and Victor Mesa Jr. What a name, Victor, Victor. 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 <laughs> uh, I would go with, yeah, Victor Mesa. I mean, that's weird. Victor, Victor, he got 5 million. Victor Jr. got 1 million. Um, so, I mean, they're rebuilding it down there. So, uh, the junior is 17. Uh, Victor Victor is 22. So, maybe I will see Victor Victor sooner than uh, sooner than Mr. Junior. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, well, Junior is 17 for what it's worth, and Victor Victor is 22. Yeah, so we'll see Victor Victor here, I would assume. Pretty soon. Jeter Um, says he wants Miami to be the destination for top international talent. Um, I mean, would this be, is this arguably his first best move of the, of his tenure as Marlins owner? Look at it. I guess, yeah, I don't know what else would be second. (laughs) I don't know, and I don't even know if this is a great signing or not. I look at Victor Victor's numbers here, they're not good. So, I don't know, I mean... In Cuba, I mean, he hit, he's hit 10 home runs in 300 games. That's not good. His numbers are average, so I don't know why Why are these maybe, uh, I don't know, this. I don't know what made these guys so great, so I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe, maybe, you know, one guy made $5 million. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I, this guy, this guy, I mean, just looking at the stats. Doesn't appear to be a great hitter, so time will tell. But I don't, I don't boy. That's rough. Uh, let's go to the association now. NBA is a week old, not quite. I guess a week old, but um, you They've know, playing ball since the thirties, stack. Well, that, that's true, but the, uh, the 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 season itself is a. Uh, oh, okay. um, and there was already a big fight between the Rockets and the Lakers Saturday night. Uh, saliva was spewed by one Rajon Rondo. Punches were thrown by one Brandon Ingram of the Los Angeles Lakers. And uh, Chris Paul got in the curve, uh, in the scuffle and he got suspended two games. Rajon Rondo three, Brandon Ingram four. Uh, the NBA once again proving to me that they're weak and they're catering to the Los Angeles market here. Tell me I'm wrong. I thought they'd maybe a, little, a few more games than that, maybe five or six. But 
because punches were thrown and punches were landed. Yeah, on the I back saw. of the head, too, no less, by Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Give him minimum 10 games. Yeah, you could. You could. Ingram started the whole deal. Uh, I hate James Harden and Chris Paul for their flopping, for their antics. For their uh, initiating the contact with the fouls, Harden goes to the line often with his move that he does to initiate contact. I hate it. Uh-huh. I'm glad Chris Paul was clenched. Rondo spit. I, I, I love. I love that Rondo did what he did. Spit in his face and punched him. God, I love it. I, I hate Chris Paul. I'm sick. I'm sick of Houston. Um, what, what were my two baseball teams this year? Your your two baseball? Yes. Oh, uh, uh, well, the Braves. Braves and Phillies. Yep. My two basketball teams, Nuggets and New Orleans. Hey. Give me the Nuggets yep. and the Pelicans. Hey, the, mark the, it down. Mark it down. Uh, October 22nd, 2018. Uh, yep. Marking it down. Nuggets. Uh, here's, here's, I got a pen. and it, Oh, look at that. Your name is actually right there. It's uh, Nuggets and Pelicans. You know what? I'm not... Uh, I, I think that's actually... Uh, okay, it's marked down in the notebook here. We'll see if that notebook stays or if it disappears like everything else on my desk does. Uh, tell you what, I mean, the Nuggets, very impressive win the other night over Golden State. And uh, the Pelicans absolutely blew the doors off of uh, Houston to open the season. They put up a bunch of points here late. But just like any other NBA team has, let, let's be real here. The, the number of points being scored in the NBA is obnoxious right now. Is it that no one can play defense? Is it that everyone is shooting threes? It's just stupid. I just, it's like with the high scoring 48-40 games. I think uh, David Schottenkirk brought this up in our Google chat on Sunday that he doesn't mind a 17-14, you know, scrum, uh, you know, if, it, if, it's a, if it's a good football game. Uh, and I don't mind it either. I get really sick of these. You know, like Minnesota and Dallas played 141-36. That's, that's ridiculous. The Bucks and the Knicks were 86-80 in the third quarter on Monday night. It's just it's just ridiculous to me. It's going over the line. Toronto scored 127 tonight against Charlotte. Milwaukee and the Knicks, uh, 124-113. Uh, Wolves and Pacers were was fairly low scoring. Yeah, 101-91, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, 101-91. Looks like Bulls, Dallas, both going to get over 100. So it's, it's a bit obnoxious early on. You had the Kings beat Oklahoma City with Westbrook like 133 to 120 Sunday. It's like, Jesus Christ. I mean, could we have a little bit of little bit of defense, a little something? Once we get, you know, regularly past 110, it's like something, something's up. And I, I, it's only a weekend here. So I, I just want to see what, at the end of this uh, season, how many teams are averaging, say, 110. Because right now, it's, it's obscene. Well, it's I, think obscene. It, I think the average scoring, from what I heard uh, from, you know, through the first week, each, like, it's average scoring per game is up five points per team. So essentially 10 extra points. Last year... Houston, Golden State, and Toronto all scored over 110. So we'll see what happens. And the only team not to score average over 100 last year, the Kings and the Grizzlies. 
Uh, now, if you go back, Zach, and if you go back five years before that, mm-hmm. to 2012, 2013, it was almost the opposite. There were one, two, three, four, five. There were 11 teams that averaged over 100. So it goes from 28 to 11 in five years. So it's a big difference. Yeah. Um... Oh, what was I going to say here? Uh, are you going to buy stock in the Raptors at all this year? Yeah, it can be the one seed, yeah. I mean, they're diff- it, This is, in my mind, this is a different team. Uh, maybe it's because of so. Kawhi. Uh, maybe it's yes. the, the new blood. Maybe getting DeRozan out of there is what will really help. But, but something just seems different with them. Kawhi Leonard is a upgrade from DeMar DeRozan. Oh, yes, yes. No, no doubt. Can you can I you? Mean, Danny, Danny Green's a nice player. He can get you know, 10, 12 points. Uh, Kyle Lowry's good, so they, they they got better. They got better. Yes, yes, they did. Uh, can you explain to me why the Pelicans are so good so far this year? They have the best player in basketball. That's why. Well, besides Anthony Davis here, I mean, arguably, the Greek freak in Milwaukee is putting up numbers that are just as good as what Anthony Davis is. Um, but, Very exciting. But what, what's different Julius about the Pelicans Randall. this year? Julius Randle is a nice addition from the Lakers. Yep. He may be the average 20 points a game. Uh, Drew Holiday has turned himself into an all-star point guard. So, uh, all-star point guard, best player in the league, uh, Julius Randle. Good number three guy. Uh, Etwan Moore, decent guy. Uh, Miritich from the Bulls last year. He can shoot some threes. So their starting five is pretty, pretty solid. After that, yeah, not so much. But they're their top five. That's a pretty good top five. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, I mean, sorry, keep going. It's Drew Holiday All-Star. Davis, best player in the world. Miritich, good. Uh, Julius Randall, good addition. So there you go. All right, so that's your uh, association talk here. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. Jokic, Jokic for the Nuggets. Yes. He, he had a triple double. He made all eleven shots. He had thirty-three points, twelve rebounds, eleven assists. One of the best games. I don't. I don't think that'll be tops all year. A triple double. You don't miss from the field. 30, 12, and 11, and you Ooh. make all, all of your shots. I would, I would agree. That's uh, that's ridiculous there. Quite insane. Um, your weekly NHL stock watch here. Uh, let's see. I, I'm still uh, really liking the the Maple Leafs there, so buy on Tampa Bay. Um, we're maybe trending towards buying in on Buffalo. That's interesting. Sell, sell, all, the sto- sell all the stock you have in the Detroit Red Wings, uh, if you even had any. That would not be good if you did. And then, uh, let's see, uh, you know what? I'd maybe uh, start looking to sell your Vegas and Edmonton Oiler uh, stock because they are not doing very good so far this year. Is Colorado good? What's with Colorado, Colorado here? This Colorado team is tied for first with Nashville in the Central. Uh, the Avalanche... They do have good players. Uh, I did not think they would be able to replicate what they did last year, but uh, so far it seems that they have. They're, they're quite good to start. 
What did they do last year? They made the playoffs like an eight seed, or what they, they did. Do? Yes, they played the Predators in the first okay. round, and I could push them to six games if I recall correctly. Oh shit! So, yeah, if you want to get in under the Avalanche, um, I, I suggest you you do that fairly quickly here. But that would be that would certainly be something to watch. They are actually, you know what? They are. They are, the Avalanche are playing the Wild at the XL Energy Center on Saturday night, 8 o'clock uh, Eastern, 7 Central here. So there, here's an opportunity for you, Krenz, to go check no, out I a hockey game. No, I will be there until Sunday. Oh. I will be there until Sunday. Oh. Well, well, tell, tell Mark, I know. Tell Marcus that the Wild are playing Saturday night. It would be a reason to get there sooner. I'm sure he would love it. I wouldn't be opposed to it. But uh, we're showing up Sunday for the game. Wow, that's a shame. And you know what? You're going to the Vikings game, so let's go right to the Vikings. Then, and, then, and then we got Lakers, Lakers, Wolves on Monday. So that's the doubleheader. All right. That's hey, that perfect doubleheader there. You can boo LeBron. Um, or uh, I'm sure LeVar Ball will be there, and you can throw a, a head of cabbage at him for me or a tomato. Buy a pair of shoes. No, no, thank you. Apparently, they have cheaper shoes, by the way. But uh, we're not plugging. We're not going to plug his stupid ass shoes on this podcast here. Um, you will be at the Viking Saints game next week, next Sunday night, and it should be a dandy of a game that is going to compete with the World Series here. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see the ratings of that. It's a tough night for you. Tough night for you. I know. I know. Yes. Yeah. How will I ever decide between flipping to the World? Series or watching the Vikings on Sunday Night Football here. Do, quickly, do you think the ratings for the World Series are going to be very good? I think they're. I think they're going to be strong. I don't know if they're going to be all time great. I, mean, I think they're going to be very. I think last year was good. I think they'll be probably on par with last year. At Boston, LA, that's that's good. I think I think they'll be strong like last year. Okay. All right. The, you know what? I don't have a problem with that. At all, uh, so we'll see what that will do for the the game here on Sunday. It's going to be a great game. The Saints are uh, five and one. They beat the Baltimore Ravens Sunday thanks to Justin Tucker missing his first extra point since he was a junior in high school. Uh, this guy was two hundred and twenty-two for two hundred and twenty-two extra points in the NFL uh, throughout his career, and he kicks it. And you know what? I still think it. It wasn't that he hooked it or you know pushed it right. A gust of wind took that ball. Have you seen the replay of this kick yet at all? It's very close, yeah. It's unfortunate. I would have preferred Baltimore win that game. Um, yeah, I mean, he's the best kicker in football. So. But don't you think the wind took it? Sure. And Sorry, you saw the Jets game. I mean, it, it, he just kicked it and... Hope to God the wind didn't blow for those two seconds. Right. So. I mean, that was crazy for the Jets-Vikings game. 40-mile-an-hour winds outside the stadium. It was swirling around inside. I mean, Dan Bailey kicks a 22-yard field goal, and had it been 23 or 24, that hits the upright. I mean, it just took, The wind took it. It's just insane what happened there. And, you know what? The Vikings win 37-17. to That's great. Defense played well. Uh... Adam Thielen, seventh consecutive game to start the year with over 100 yards. He was great. He's going to make it eight on Sunday night, so you're going to see history, Krenz. It's going to be awesome there. I don't see how the Saints are going to be able to stop him at all. But 
I have to say that this was probably Kirk Cousins' second worst game since he's been a Viking, only behind the Bills game. Uh, so it might be something with the AFC East teams that he has a problem with. But well, he scored there. They had short fields for some of them. I I guess the 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 big as problem did, as did the Buffalo Bills. As did the Buffalo. Bills. That you know what? Fair point. Fair point. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and he did lead them down right away on the first drive. My issue with the Vikings in this game, uh, apart from the injury to Xavier, I had no, what? I had no issues. Yeah, the injuries were bad. The, the injuries were not good to Anthony Barr and Xavier Rhodes. Well, um, you know, I haven't heard of the severity of either one, but uh, definitely need Rhodes when you're facing Drew Brees Sunday night. But in the second quarter, there for them to throw as much into the wind as that—that that, to me, that's bad play calling. I know they don't have a great running game, but Latavius Murray ended up get you know busting it out in the third quarter. Uh, he had a, ended up uh, having a couple of touchdowns in the game. To me, it's poor play calling. And then the play that will stick out to me more than anything is the little swing pass to Stephon Diggs. And he's clearly covered by a Jet player. I mean, it's not even close. And the ball is thrown behind Diggs. And if Diggs isn't alert, and if the Jets had a a competent cornerback who would have recognized that the ball was thrown behind the line of scrimmage, it was a live ball, I mean, that that could have definitely changed the complexion of this game. Kirk shouldn't throw that football. Uh, it, it's bad. He has a number of passes that have been batted down this season. He didn't lose a fumble, thank goodness. Uh, and he made the plays late when he had to. But overall, I was not impressed by Kirk Cousins or the Vikings' play calling in the second quarter. So if I had to grade them overall on the win, I would give them a C+. Sam, Sam Donald wasn't great. No, he was not. He sucked. Yeah, he had plenty of drops. Uh, third, third down was an issue for both sides for a long time. Third yep. down, bad. Uh, I mean, they ran the ball well again. Murray looked good. Um, Tom Thompson was out. Shannon Spade thought that would be bad. She's, <laughs> she's an idiot. I'm, I'm sure she's never heard of Tom Thompson before this week. And um, I didn't see anything Maybe. bad about the team to replace him. Maybe uh maybe she didn't even know him, him until Sunday when he walked into the stadium. Hey, are you Tom Compton? Uh no, I'm I'm Daniil Hunter. Oh, who's Tom Compton here? I'm assuming, I'm assuming she did not do a Redskins game last year. I would assume she has no idea who L. Tom Compton was or how good or bad he isn't. <laughs> or he is. He's I, bad. I mean, He's a you... USD coyote, so put that for what it's worth. If I asked you to name two offensive linemen for the, I don't know, the the Chargers or the Chiefs or any team. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I have no idea. Eric Fisher, I could name that one for oh, uh, uh one of the uh the Martin twins are uh are uh, in um or with the Chargers. I know no the the Pouncy. It's a it's a Pouncy guy. Um They're Fluker, DJ Fluker, or is Alabama? Is he still uh Yeah, he might be, yeah. I think that's uh that's certainly uh right up there as well. Um, but offensive linemen are like the pitchers. He's like a bullpen for baseball. And nobody is random bullpen guys who might be great. Random offensive linemen you ever heard of may get a $50 million contract tomorrow. No, I wouldn't. They're, they're very important, but nobody knows who they are. You're right. Uh, 
Let's see what else we got here. What what overall? I guess. Uh, what do you expect on Sunday? Do you expect the Vikings to beat the Saints? It is a. Uh, it is the revenge of uh, the Minneapolis miracle. Yeah. I expect Breeze them for the big day. I mean, if it's a lot of points, that'd be nice. Like see some points. I've been to two games, two Vikings games. They've both been not good. Ravens game wasn't anything memorable. And they played Tampa Bay during McNabb's great run, and that was another, you're up by three scores and you end up losing anyway, so. Not great Vikings games that I've been to, so this one doesn't have really a high bar to make it the best one I've been to, of the three. I mean, it's a Sunday night, it's probably the biggest game of the week, so that's a little extra juice to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's okay. Okay. Uh, so we look forward to that game. Uh, hopefully the Vikings can win. They are right now sitting atop first place in the NFC North thanks to the New England Patriots taking down the Chicago Bears. A Hail Mary that was caught at the one by Kevin White, and he turns. He gets to the half-yard line, and then six Patriots swarm him, prevent him from uh, getting over uh, the line. So fortunately, the Patriots were able to knock off the Bears. The Lions beat the Dolphins. The Packers were on the bye. Uh, I... Th- you know what? Apart from the Rams and the Chiefs, because the Chiefs just blew the doors off the Bengals. Uh, hashtag as expected. Um, the NFL is very average this year, apart from those two teams. The Browns. Browns are great. They are four overtime games in seven weeks. It's a uh, quite remarkable. I wish they were one, one and four. <laughs> Well, oh, that would be that would be oddly fantastic. Would they be in first? I don't know. I mean, I would love to see a team be like, we're you know, six six and four. Yeah, that'd be great. So uh, let's see that you know, there's anything else NFL related we need to get to. No, I will say this: Jaron Jackson Jr. from Michigan State last year mm-hmm. with Memphis. He's he's off to a good start. He scored double digits in all three of his games. He had 24 points Friday against Atlanta. Jaron Jackson Jr. So he, well, I mean, this rookie class, I think this rookie class is great. Trey Young won at 35 the other night. Yep. Dottich, Aiton. I think this rookie class is just, Mo Bamba. I think they're, they're fantastic. They are pretty good. They are pretty good. There's no there's no denying that. Uh, college football, the big upset over the weekend. By the way, if, if you didn't watch College Game Day live from Pullman, Washington, what a phenomenal scene that was. They The, the folks in Pullman, Washington have been waiting for College Game Day to come for at least a, a dozen years or so, if not more. Uh, you might know Old Crimson, the Washington State Cougar flag that gets flown at every College Game Day. Phenomenal scene there. It was great. During college game day, they did have a story about uh, a kid, a Purdue fan, who is uh, battling cancer. And unfortunately, we found out uh, that he is in hospice now, um, which sucks. But it was a very good story done by Tom Rinaldi there at ESPN. And uh, he was at this kid was at the game. I'm sorry, I forget the name right now, but I'll, I'll try. I'll try and Tyler. get that. What's that? His name was Tyler. Tyler, thank you. Uh, he was at this uh, Purdue-Ohio State game, and you know what? 
who knows if it, if that was a a big reason why Purdue blew the doors off Ohio State, but any motivating factor that you can get uh, is certainly helpful. And sure enough, uh, they killed Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State's defense has been bad the last few weeks, and they were definitely exposed by Purdue. A phenomenal win for the Boilermakers, and it throws college football even into more chaos with more teams having one loss. And you know what? Central Florida just can't catch a break. They're just stuck there at 10. Yeah, they fell. Uh, Central Florida has a 10. Ohio State fell quite a bit. Um, I think everybody's losing except Alabama. I think Ohio State's getting in. I think Alabama and Clemson are getting in. And I I think it's going to come down to Oklahoma and Notre Dame. Mm. And that would be interesting to see what would happen if if it came down to that, even them and Ohio State. Notre Dame versus a conference champ, both with one loss. Because, I mean, if you have Oklahoma, Ohio State, Notre Dame, yep. three big of names you could get, I'd, I'd be interested to see who would be left out. Well, Michigan, too, you have to factor in Michigan. You got Clemson, of course, in there. Um, let me ask you this. If, if it were Oklahoma, you're saying they win the Big 12 championship, of course, right? Saying everybody has one loss, yes. Okay. So... Oklahoma, so that would mean Oklahoma would have beaten West Virginia in Morgantown and Texas in the Big 12 championship game. Would those two wins alone be enough for them to overtake an undefeated Notre Dame squad? No, not undefeated. Notre Dame would have to lose. Okay. They all have one loss. The only reason I ask that is because Notre Dame's one the signature victory of the year happened all the way back in week one when they beat Michigan, and Michigan has since found themselves. So the better Michigan does, the better it bodes for, it bodes well for Notre Dame. But Notre Dame's schedule is just not as good as we perhaps thought it would be. I mean, Florida State's atrocious this year. USC, uh, they don't look like they're a very good team this year. They're in a bit of a rebuild. They have a freshman quarterback. They'll probably, I mean, they'll be good here down the line, but, you know, this year there's just there's just not a whole lot there, you know, to be all that excited about. Uh, they struggled with Ball State for whatever that's worth. Uh, Vanderbilt gave them a contest. They did beat Stanford, though, so that's a solid win, though. Stanford isn't as good as um, perhaps we expected. So, in, in the end, you it's it'd be really tough to say no to an undefeated Notre Dame squad. They're getting it. If they go undefeated, they're going to be... They're getting it. I mean, that's no question about that. But... Again, I mean, we kind of talk about that with Central Florida's schedule, too. I mean, if Central Florida were undefeated, I mean, just the way it's all setting up, Notre Dame, I mean, Navy's having a down year this year. I just don't, I would love to to say it's a slam dunk that, uh, or a shut case that Notre Dame would make the college football playoff undefeated. And I, I like 99% positive that they would. 
I just any any game that goes undefeated will make the playoff. From a power oh, no. five or an independent yeah. school, do we, we can't obviously we can't it's say it can't. not BYU. No, no Notre Dame is just Notre Dame is the only one in there. You're telling me like, if Liberty teams. doesn't go, if Liberty goes undefeated, they aren't going to get in. God. From what I've seen, no. From what I've seen, no. <laughs> I mean, if you, I mean undefeated, you're in. Like, I mean, let's compare Oklahoma and Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State. They don't have any good. I mean, you know, Penn State. At the time, Penn the Penn State, State was a good win. Let's say Penn State, Wisconsin, and Michigan. That's decent. That's pretty good. Oklahoma would be uh, West Virginia, Texas, and uh, Army. Maybe. You know, as I look at I, this, I think I think Oklahoma would be the one looking. I think Oklahoma would be the team out with them if it's Ohio State and Oklahoma. You know, I'm just looking at this, you know, so forget, you know, I'm sorry for the last two minutes I've been rambling on about Notre Dame and Oklahoma, and then I look at Notre Dame's schedule, and I forgot they beat my Hokies into smithereens 45-23. They do play Syracuse. Syracuse is good this year, so that'll, uh, that certainly factors in. That's a, that's good for them. So, uh, yeah, never mind. They, Notre the Dame. The thing that could happen here, the thing that could happen is that Notre Dame could have the best win by beating Michigan. But they could also have the worst loss by losing to Navy or Northwestern or Syracuse. So it's, you know, best win, worst loss. Well, Texas, Texas is a good loss by Oklahoma. That was a no field goal this time expired. Uh, Purdue, I mean, Purdue, you know, 7-0 is not ridiculous. They've lost three games by eight points. So people shit on Purdue, but, I mean, they got their ass kicked at Purdue. Well, and just to uh, just to go off of the um, off of the uh, I can't remember what I was going to say now. Uh, something about it was something. No, it was going to be it was going to be something about Notre Dame, but um, I forget. So it, it's not important right now. Um, so yeah, hopefully Notre Dame wins. Uh, Ohio State. That's going to be fascinating. I mean, and then we. I mean, we have a big week next week. In the SEC, um, we have two huge matchups. Uh, not this upcoming week. This upcoming week is the big cocktail party in in Jacksonville, though they don't call that call it that anymore. They want to be PC or whatever, uh, you know, political correctness and all this nonsense. Or they just don't want it to be like it's a great drinking party. It's a uh, it's Florida versus Georgia. It's the game of the week. There, this is a very poor slate of college football coming up this week. Uh, so, I think Georgia wins, but, I mean, Florida's defense is going to keep them around in this game, don't you think? Yeah, Georgia hopefully should win. I mean, just Florida, same old Florida. If Georgia wins, then they will go to Lexington, Kentucky, to take on the Wildcats, who hopefully will only have one loss there at that time. So that would be a huge matchup, and that coincides then with uh, Alabama going to Death Valley to take on LSU. Uh, and I'd love to see Eddie O or Ed Orgeron's squad beat the the Alabama and the, the Crimson Tide and have some some beignets, the beignets to celebrate here. So so Bahama, so Bahama, go drive drive Bahama to get a beignet uh, down in the bottom. Beignet. Uh, 
Ben Ye. Ben Ye. B-E-N-O-I-T. I don't see that happening, though. Alabama's going to most likely crush him. And then it... I mean, Georgia controls their, their destiny, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, Georgia. They'll be Florida and Kentucky and win that conference. I don't know how I feel about Kentucky. I want to see Kentucky do well because they're weird and they're shitty. But, but the polls, I hate the polls. You know how I hate the polls. They're 12th in the polls. It's stupid. They shouldn't be 12th, for Christ's sake. It's stupid. <laughs> uh, I think Central Florida's losing at Houston. Houston's a touchdown favorite. Look wow. that. Houston favored by seven and a half. And they host South Florida. So, I mean, Washington State, by all means, let's all get on the Washington State wagon here. I think they're just going to completely unravel these next this next month. I think mm-hmm. they're going to lose two or three games. This Gardner fellow's pretty good. I hope, I hope he does well. Syracuse and NC State, honest to Christ, the winner of that might be the second best team in that conference. <laughs> not, it, not a great year for the ACC. No, no, it's not. Um, and, uh, I mean, Oregon just, Oregon just defecated all over themselves against Washington State. Almost came back, but that was a big disappointment for Oregon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, Texas, they're just getting by. They got Oklahoma State this week, so... I think that's going to be close on the road. And uh, an odd CBS night game, Navy and Notre Dame. This will be played in San Diego. So, um, odd game. Odd game out there. I can't believe you're overlooking New Mexico State at Texas State and Tulane at Tulsa. How dare you? UNLV at San Jose State. How dare you look past the Spartans who nearly upset the San Diego State Jackrabbits over the weekend. I mean, Aztecs, excuse me. Excuse me. Appalachian State's ranked. Yes. Go Mountaineers. Beat Michigan again. I think uh, Indiana wins at Minnesota because Minnesota's garbage. Sad. I think Boston College wins at home versus Miami. That's a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Will I be available Friday night? Yes, I will. Miami at Boston College. ESPN. Give it a peek. Uh, so next week... I might just do a brief something with Charlie here, but probably won't do a full podcast next week since you'll be uh, uh, at a Viking or at the Timberwolves Lakers game. So we'll give you the week off. So let me ask you this: When we reconvene in a couple weeks, what do you expect the the college? Who will be the teams? Who will be the top four teams in the college football playoff? Is that the first week of the playoffs? No, the the rankings are unveiled next week. I believe is there is the first week, so like the the Halloween week, the thirtieth. Alabama, Alabama one, Clemson two, Notre Dame three, LSU four. Okay. Zero. So you have one versus four. That'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. People roll nuts. Yep. Oh. All right, so we'll see if that happens here. You mentioned rankings and polls and how much you love them. Well, Krenz, I got some good news for you. The first AP polls for the college basketball season were unveiled on Monday. Monday, let's take a peek at it. May I just say, final some of the final polls for South Dakota were out. Uh, Todd County got two votes. You don't need to know where it's at or what they are, just know that Todd County 
got two votes and how stupid that is. Sturgis got a vote. Somebody thought Sturgis was among the five best teams in, in, in their class of nine teams. That's stupid. He's got a lot of stupid people in this state that are, whether they're on the radio or they write for newspapers or they're on television, stupid, just idiots. <laughs> Uh, so we have the associate, like you say, the AP, the college basketball. Where's Nevada? Race. I don't give a shit about anything except where Nevada's at. What do you want to guess where Nevada's at? Are you looking at this Six. yet? They are seven. They're they're seven. They're yeah. seven. Good. Yeah. All in. Yeah. To the center. Send them to Minneapolis right now. I don't know if if this should surprise me or not, but seven teams got at least one first place vote. A lot. Uh, a lot. And Nevada was, was Nevada was not one of them. Uh, Kansas, the overwhelming favorite here. Kentucky, uh, Gonzaga, Duke for my money. I, I mean, they have the best player in my mind. They got are they got that Barrett fella, and then they Zion Williamson. I mean that that's a one two combo that's good enough for me uh, to think that they're going to take down the likes of Kansas. Uh, Gonz- like RJ Barrett's supposed to be like the guy. He's the guy. Like this, this Williamson's yep. probably excited, but Barrett's supposed to be the guy. This Williamson was throwing down dunks the other night in warmups. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen many many humans jump that high. <laughs> he he was well above the basket, well above the basket. He was throwing the ball down. This this should be very exciting. Uh, you got Gonzaga getting a first place vote. They're ranked third. This is supposedly their the, the best team that Mark Few has ever assembled. I mean, they got the they got a transfer from North Dakota. So if you want to buy stock in Gonzaga, yeah. buy stock in them. Uh, your your favorite team in in the America, Virginia, had oh, two first oh, place oh, votes. Oh, <laughs> uh, so they ranked fifth. Uh, other teams of note here. Uh, just because there is some, there is a lot of new blood here in this in these initial rankings, and the initial rankings don't mean squat. But let me just go through a couple of them here. Auburn ranked 11th. Auburn's got a very Bruce Pearl's got a great team down there. Auburn's definitely a team that I think will compete with Kentucky for and, and Tennessee for the SEC uh, crown. Uh, Kansas State 12. They returned virtually all their starters from last year's Elite Eight run. I'm I'm very high on Kansas State this year. Not probably make a Final Four run. I don't have my Final Four teams quite ready yet. Uh, Villanova really screwed uh, my pick over when the whole team left. Uh, that sucks, but uh, Villanova, by the way, ranked ninth. They got a first place vote. Uh, Virginia Tech ranked 15th. Oregon ranked 14th. Interesting there. Mississippi State, they haven't been relevant for how long? Well, Ben Howland, former UCLA coach, they are uh, 18th in the rankings here. TCU is 20th. LSU is 23rd. And Washington, 25th. I mean, who the hell knows if, you know, there are going to be one, there's there's going to probably be at least one team here that's ranked initially in the top 25 that is outskied in the that won't even make the NCAA tournament. So, out of all those teams, and you know you have Syracuse in there, Florida State as well, Michigan, uh, UCLA, yeah, Washington. I said is at at twenty five. If I have to pick a team that's not making the tournament, it's Washington. It's Washington. Okay. The uh, Pac twelve isn't good at anything. 
Pac-12 isn't good at sports that matter. Uh, don't I'm sure it's, it's, win, a, uh, win a stand of volleyball champion. Wow. Like, Jesus wow. You're, I'm sure Stanford will win uh, some stupid ass. Water, water polo. They'll win water polo, Chris. Sure. Pac-12 to conference champions. Hey, uh, what's yeah. the is back? Luke Walton. Yeah. Luke Walton's there. It's going to be fun. Well, Bill Walton, but, would uh, he would be very angry with you. He says that's the conference of champions. There, uh, hope, I, I, I look forward to watching a, a late night Pac-12 <laughs> game on a Tuesday and they have one team in the top 25 and that team like uh, UCLA in the ranked 17th. It'll be fantastic for the fifth year in a row. I look forward to him and Dave Pash calling games again this year. I assume Dave Pash right. will be calling games with him. Oh, yeah. uh, one team that is not mentioned in the top 25, Arizona. Loyal. I am going... Well, that's true. That Loyola well, yeah. as well. I don't think Arizona's Jesus making. Christ, what happened to them? I I don't think Arizona's making the tournament this year. I am going to Whoa. pick Arizona out. Now they'll come back next year because they have a couple of recruits for you know the the next year's class. But I'm going to say right now, Arizona's not in. They lost several recruits from this whole oh, Sean man. Miller FBI investigation. Like Shaq's son, he left there. I think he went to UCLA. Uh, so I. Arizona, this is not going to be a this is not going to be a very good Arizona squad this year. Uh, if, if they if they squeak in or if they get in, I guess it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world. But I am going to one of my bold predictions for the year will be that Arizona does not make the NCAA tournament. That makes sense. So, so uh, we will have plenty of college basketball talk though here in a couple when do we play? of. When do we play games? Uh, Xavier only got two votes. That's that, that's not great. TCU, I, I've liked TCU past couple of years. Uh, Game start. It yeah. looks like about uh, it would be November sixth. Does that make sense? I think it does. Wait. Yeah. What do we have for big time, big time games here? What do we got? Uh, you got First, you got the, the season. Jesus Christ, Michigan State and Kansas. Look yeah. that. And then I think I can. I think that it's Kentucky and Duke, if I recall correctly. Yes, Kentucky Duke. It's a yeah. It's that the Champions Classic or whatever. Yeah, Kentucky and Duke. Yeah, this damn thing again. Boy, so the yeah, starting off with a bang there. Hey, how, how about this? <laughs> you want to talk about? I just I clicked on Kentucky here. Let me give you their non-conference schedule after That's Duke. Yeah. Let me just give it to you. Uh, I expect some chuckles. Southern Illinois, these games are all home. I'll, I'll tell you if they're ever away. Home to Southern Illinois. Home to North Dakota. Home to VMI. That's Virginia Military Institute. Home to Winthrop. Home to your Tennessee State squad. Home to Monmouth. Home to UNC Greensboro. I'm guessing this is a neutral site game against Seton Hall, but it says versus, so we'll just go with that. Uh, home against Utah, home against North Carolina, and at Louisville. Uh, the... They're not afraid to leave the state, are they? Jesus Christ. <laughs> leave the state, good lord. Uh, let, let's, I'm going to click on the Seton Hall game here just to see if that's something that... Uh, if it's maybe at like Madison Square Garden or something. Uh, it is Madison Square Garden. So they are leaving the state for this one. Um, Duke's not any better. Oh, let's let's pull pull up Duke here. 
Army, Eastern Michigan, Stetson, Hartford, Yale, and Princeton. No, thank you. No, uh, thank you. If I if I may plug the Ivy League, Harvard's winning that league this year. Uh, Indiana, hey, did, did you play in Indiana? That's good. Was this Hartford? Is this what I see? Oh my goodness, Hartford. Texas Tech, sign me up for that game. Sign me up for Matt Mooney just going off oh, against right, Duke. Dick. Yeah, I'm all... At... Does anybody play anybody? Uh, I'll tell you what, my Carolina squad, Gonzaga, Kentucky, Michigan. Good. Also Texas for the shitty Texas team. They play Gonzaga and, oh. and Kentucky back-to-back games on Saturday. So Poor Shaka. Good, good for them. Poor Shaka, smart. Yeah, he sucks. He's the, he's the uh, what's his nuts. He's the roll the boat to the college basketball. Uh, is this is this accurate? North Carolina is at Wofford and at Elon, or is this what the hell is this? A tournament of some sorts? No, no, no. It is, it is, it is in Elon, North Carolina, at Alumni Gym. What the hell is this? Not great. Uh, well, it's a good trip for them, so. Well, yeah, it yeah, is. Roy Williams, not afraid, not afraid to, not necessarily leave the state, but not afraid to go on the road. I have, I have heard some good things about, um, about Tech, uh, St. John's this year. Uh, Dan Mullen might, oh no, that's St. Francis, PA. Never mind. Uh, here I was going to give North Carolina, uh, Kudos for that, but they are playing Harvard, and as I mentioned, I'm picking Harvard for the uh, uh, to make it to the tournament here. So that, that's good, and then open up against Pitt. Wonderful. So we'll have plenty of college basketball talk here in a couple of weeks. We'll make our final four predictions. We'll go through the conferences and uh, looking forward to the college basketball season. Because after once college basketball starts, for sure in January, once the NFL has died down, we're just talking about playoffs. And whatnot. It's all college basketball for us, essentially, right? Good. So. My, yes, my bold prediction, since I'm all in on Nevada, is just all the chips to the table. Uh, I'd just say they'll go undefeated when the whole thing, why not? <laughs> uh, if I'm going to go all the way, go all the way with them. The Martin they play out. And they, 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 they play at Loyola. That's interesting. Great, and great matchup. They also play uh, SDSU. So. Yes. And you know what? <sighs> If I may pull, pull another bold prediction out there, Say it. Say I think SDSU is a Sweet it. 16 team this year. Wow! What, what seed? Gonna be like a 10 seed? I I say what? an 11 seed. Ele- an 11 seed would be perfect. Yes. Yeah, because if you're if uh, let's see, does does Joey Brackets have an updated bracketology up here? Let's take a look. Well, they bury the college basketball page on ESPN. SDSU, I would like, let's see. I would like SDSU to go 10-2 and two in the dot conference. Losing to Nevada and Memphis? Yes. Beat Florida Gulf Coast. That'd be tough. I, I think they beat Memphis. I think they beat Memphis. Penny Hardaway's going to get his kind of, his guys that he wants in there. I think that, I think they beat Memphis. Though The game that we want to see, though, would be SDSU against uh, uh, Nevada. Well, that's... 
Yeah, right. right now they say a uh, uh, hundred tickets as low as eleven dollars. What a steal! What a steal! Uh, At Memphis, hundred fifty-eight tickets as low as two dollars. Give me all of them. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, had the gall to go up there on Thursday and say this great non-conference. We've called every team. I'm sure they have. Uh, Gulf Coast, fine team. They'll probably make the tournament. Memphis, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure they'll be better in, in years to come. Nevada's a legitimate Final Four team. Yep. That's fine. But besides that, this is a garbage. I mean, Grand right. Canyon. I'll give you Grand Canyon. I'll give you. I mean, you're, you're playing the HBCUs. The HBCUs are playing. It's like you're playing NAI teams for Christ's sake. Well, You've got Alabama State. At least, the they're, at least they're not playing presentation in uh, Dakota State. Well, they're playing Bemidji, Stack, and they're playing Bemidji. Well, not great. No. They got Kansas, UMKC. That's that's this trash. trash. Uh, UMKC is the toilet paper that was on Trump's shoe the other week. <laughs> that's UMKC. They play Northern Iowa. They play Southern. They play Savannah State. Alabama State, Southern, Savannah State. That's embarrassing. Yeah, give me the NAIA level <laughs> So, Joey Brackets has not updated his bracketology here. That's Joel Lenardi to those that don't know who Joey Brackets is. So, Believe this it. is this, this is as of June 8th. So, here are the here are your 3 seeds. If SDSU were to get an 11 seed, I'll give you the 3 and the 6 seed. In the Midwest region, the right now the 6-11-3-14 matchups would be Texas Tech versus Loyola Chicago, Virginia Tech versus Penn. Um, I'd love to play Mooney. I'd love to break Mooney's heart again. Love it. Uh, Give me. Let's see. Where's the uh, uh, I will. I will get to them. They were not in the Midwest bracket. Uh, in the South region, the 6-11 Clemson versus Wisconsin. And Nevada versus Murray State. Nevada as a three seed. Um, don't see that happening. In uh, SDSU, right, he has him in the East bracket as a 12 seed taking on UCLA. They would take on the winner of Kansas State, Louisiana. That would be the 4-13 matchup. But you're in uh, your 6-11, 3-14 matchup. Villanova, Northern Kentucky is the 3-14. Ohio State and the winner of Notre Dame, Oklahoma State is... Uh, that's the 11 seed, and then in the West, the six seed is Purdue against 11 seed Davidson. Third seed Auburn versus 14 seed UNC Greensboro. I don't see, apart from Nevada, I don't see a team that SDSU wouldn't be able to beat. Play Wisconsin. Play Wisconsin. Mike Dom can score 30, and. Then you're just going to need the other, you know, you know, the rest of the Jackrabbits to score t- an additional 25, 30 points, and you beat Wisconsin. Their NCAA tournament thing is they've come close many times, and they have yet to do this. And this is their last best chance. Every time we think that they, we've seen the greatest player that's ever played, another one comes and replaces Walters and replaces Sumner and whoever else as the next great person. So, but, but, but Mike Dom, I mean, he's getting even more national attention now than, than Walters did. Yes. So, and and it, it looks like he has completely changed his body from last year. He yep. looks like a different person. And hope, hopefully got, it doesn't mean that his game changes a whole lot. I'm sure he's going to, you know, throw a whole bunch of threes in there, got, you know. Work on the defense. 
I'm interested to see. I mean, they're they're never a deep team. Otzelberg never appears to have a deep team, but there's a lot of freshmen, a lot of redshirt freshmen. So um, there's going to be somebody in this mix, hopefully more than one, of somebody that we don't know of or never heard of. That's going to be a guy. So um, I don't. I don't. I mean, they're not going to be David Jenkins. He's great. But you know they're they're in need of a need of a guy here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just looking at the list. Some somebody somebody do something here. So we'll see. It's going to be fascinating to watch. We'll break it all down more, uh, like say, here in a couple weeks with the college basketball season about to tip off. Uh, anything else, Crins, before we say so long? Nope, big lottery, so uh, good luck to everybody involved with the lottery. Yes. Are you going to buy a Mega Millions ticket? No, I will not. I will not. And uh, the election. election's coming up in two weeks, so also exciting. Yeah, I can't. Next time we talk, I think the next time we talk will be the day before the election. Yes, yes, it will. Well, have a great time in the cities. I look forward to hearing about it. Uh, the World Series will be done the next time we talk, most likely. Yes, it will be done. Uh, so enjoy the World Series, and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Uh, but have fun in the cities. Enjoy the Vikings and Timberwolves games, and uh, we'll look forward to recapping it all in a couple weeks with you. Dodgers and seven. All right, there we go. By the way, yeah, yep, that that sounds good. First all, MVP. Ooh, going out on the major limb there. Like it. All right. Thank you, Krins. All right, we'll see you. Travis Krins joining us here at Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate time and perspective as always. By the way, I, I just, I should, you always, I just should have started Pat Mahomes. Why would I not do it? I started Matt Ryan instead. I lose by 14 points, and I could have. I would have won had Pat Mahomes done. Ah, just angry. Fantasy football in this one league is not gone very well at all. I'm gonna be one and six. Yikes! Time to sell the farm like the Oakland Raiders who traded Amari Cooper away on Monday. What the hell is up with that? Uh, surprising. It's surprising that, uh, you know, to say the least. But, um, yeah. Anyway, fantasy football this one. Like, ouch. Just bad decisions. You start Patrick Mahomes one week, he doesn't do enough. Uh, Matt Ryan would have been better. You start Matt Ryan another week, and Pat Mahomes does. Just the hell. The hell is going on, fantasy football? Uh, we will talk, like, say, uh, Next week going to be a shorter podcast. We'll talk with Charlie Hildebrand, do college football talk. We'll talk, uh, you know, make the NFL picks and predictions and maybe mention briefly about the World Series. But a uh, shorter podcast for sure next week. But you will be able to, of course, you can find the podcast available online. Just search on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block Podcast. Also, follow me on Twitter at ND Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken. A link to the podcast post in the middle to later part of each week. Wrap up the podcast with uh, some picks and uh, a recap of Week 7 in the NFL and some previews and uh, predictions, early picks, for Week 8 in the NFL that's coming up here as we wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. All right, we wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look back at the previous week in the NFL and make some picks for 
upcoming week. So we're going to take a look back at week seven, make some picks for week eight, which we'll start in just a second here. But I think, I mean, I was going to talk about this with Travis when we were talking about basketball. But uh, just a, a shout-out to the dumb uh, Minnesota Timberwolves fans that were in attendance at the game. Not all of them. Not all of them. I'm not going to throw all of you in a collective hat here. Or um, you know, I tweeted out that Minnesota sports fans are dumb. And I will stand by that. Not all Minnesota sports fans are dumb. But um, if you didn't see what happened Friday night in the the Timberwolves home opener. Uh, essentially, the the fans, uh, uh, what seemed to be a majority, I don't know if it was a vast majority, but fans booed Jimmy Butler for what's been going on here. And I get it to a degree, but you also have to understand where he's coming from here. I mean, the, the big guys, the, the Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, aren't buying into what... Uh, the, Head coach Tom Thibodeau is, is preaching. You gotta buy in 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 order to to get to where you want to be. So I get that he's frustrated, and you know what? He wants to opt out, and he says, you know, give, trade me. Uh, I would say that Minnesota Timberwolves fans should feel like, yeah, why aren't we demanding more of Wiggins and Towns? You know, the, the, if Butler would stay, you know, we'd have a superstar stay with the Timberwolves if the rest of the guys would try hard enough. And then for in the middle of the second quarter to start chanting MVP, it just it rubbed me the wrong way. So to those in attendance who did that at the Minnesota Timberwolves games, you're dumb. Um, and to those who kind of feel the same way, uh, Timberwolves fans everywhere, yeah, I'm, I'm going to lump you into that same, same area as well. Now that I got that off my chest. Week 7 in the NFL began Thursday night, last Thursday night. Boring as hell game. Uh, the Denver Broncos run away with this game against the Arizona Cardinals, 45-10. to The second play of the game was a pick six for the Broncos. And that pretty much did Josh Rosen in. It was 28-3 at half. It's just a... Ugh, just a terrible game. 28-3, 35-3, either way. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders threw a touchdown in this one, also caught a touchdown as well. Uh... Good day for the Broncos. Uh, the Cardinals are a very bad football team. In London on Sunday, the Los Angeles Chargers held on to beat the Tennessee Titans 20-19. Controversial uh, decision, perhaps, by Titans head coach Mike Vrabel going for two after his team had tied the game with 30 seconds left. Or, not tied, uh, scored a touchdown. that, And had they kicked the extra point, it would have tied the game. Uh, instead, they go for two to try and get the win, and they didn't get it. Uh, Melvin Gordon did not play in this game for the Chargers. Had a, a, a sore hamstring, so we'll keep our eyes on that. The Chargers are on the bye this week, but they do end up getting the victory over the Titans. The New England Patriots 38, Chicago Bears 31. Fun game this one, very fun. Uh, Patriots get two special teams touchdowns. Cordell Patterson kickoff return for a touchdown. They also got a block punt for a touchdown. Cordell fumbled a, a kickoff. And the Bears recovered it. Uh, Mitch, uh, oh, I, I almost said it. I almost said his name. No. No, we're not doing that. Not quite yet. He's playing better, but no, we're just going with Trubisky. Going with Trubisky here. Decent game. I had a rushing touchdown. Uh, had a, uh, at least one throwing touchdown, a passing touchdown to Trey Burton. Uh, Trey Burton, uh, very good pickup for the Bears at tight end there. He did very good. Um, but uh, they had a Hail Mary. 
Trubisky threw a Hail Mary at the end of the game to Kevin White. It did, and he caught it, and at the one-yard line, turned around, made it to the half-yard line before five or six Patriots swarmed him, prevented him from getting in. A tough way to lose that game for the Chicago Bears. The New England Patriots survive. 38-31. Elsewhere, Indianapolis Colts beat the Bills 37-5. Apparently, the score had never happened in the history of the NFL before. Probably a reason for that. The Bears are or the Bills are absolutely awful. Andrew Luck, four touchdowns in this one. Dearest mother, uh, the sidearm is well. As are the troops. Houston Texans beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, the free-falling Jacksonville Jaguars, 20-7. Uh, Blake Bortles was benched at the end of the first half here for Cordy Kessler. Playing the second half, actually played fairly well, but Blake Bortles will remain the starting quarterback for the Jaguars. Uh the defense hasn't played well. Uh, it's just a, a, a bad situation there for Jacksonville. And now they have to go to London to face a desperate Eagles team. Both teams are 3-4. and four. One team's going to be 3-5 and five next week. Make that pick here momentarily. Detroit Lions beat the Miami Dolphins 32-21. Carrion Johnson, rookie running back from Auburn for Detroit, had 158 yards rushing in this one, he had a, including a 71-yarder, I believe. Uh, so that was a... A big reason why the Lions were able to take down the Dolphins and improve to 500. They're three and three. Loss for the Dolphins drops them to four and three. Minnesota Vikings beat the New York Jets 37 to 17. I wasn't. I don't think this was the Vikings' best game by far. Yes, they forced four turnovers of a rookie quarterback, Sam Darnold. That's what you should expect. You should expect to force turnovers against a rookie quarterback. But Kirk Cousins didn't play all that great. Uh, play calling in the second quarter have a major issue with. It was very windy at the Meadowlands. It was windy all along the East Coast. Let's let's be real here about that. But uh, the Vikings do get the win. Adam Thielen, over 100 yards receiving again in this one. Seven straight games now to be... There are seven consecutive games to begin the season with that. That ties... Um, NFL record set by some Charlie Hagerman guy in uh, 1961. I know that name's not right. But uh, that's, that's big. Uh, however, Vikings suffered a couple of injuries. Anthony Barr and Xavier Rhodes both left this game. Rhodes' injury looked really bad. Uh, well, it's just a sprained ankle, according to Mike Zimmer, Vikings head coach. We'll see if that's the case or not, or if he can play going forward. Carolina Panthers beat the Philadelphia Eagles 21-17. Carolina didn't show up for the first three quarters. They didn't need to. They didn't want to. Uh, they trailed 17-0. Dallas Goddard, South Dakota State, Jackrabbit, with a touchdown catch in this one from By North Dakota State Bison, former NDSU Bison quarterback, Carson Wentz. But uh, the Eagles fell apart in the, in the fourth quarter. One running play with the lead? What the hell's up with that? 13 passing? That doesn't seem right. Uh, but give credit to Cam Newton, Carolina Panthers, doing, uh, they made the plays when they had to, come up with a 21-17 win, strip sack of Carson ended this game, uh, sub, uh, subplot though, or sub storyline, this one, Eric Reed, Panthers safety, and Malcolm Jenkins, uh, Philadelphia Eagles safety kind of got into it a little bit before, uh, the game started, uh, Reed calling Jenkins a sellout for Jenkins, you know, kind of getting that money for the Players Coalition, the $90 million going towards, uh, you know, social programs that the, you know, to promote, uh, you know, the social injustices or try and get all that, you know, try and smooth relations over. Uh, that's what Jenkins is doing, but uh, when you see, when Eric Reed's standing up for Colin Kaepernick, ironic that I say that when Kaepernick. The reason why he's not in the league is because he was kneeling. 
But not to get into that whole debate here, but when you see that guys are struggling to get in the league, I mean, Eric Reed's one of the top safeties in the in the NFL, and it it's amazing that he was not in NFL camp, but you know why. Uh, so the, the collusion of this case screen or it speaks volumes. Either way, they got in a little scuffle or um, a little yelling match. Jenkins took the high road. Uh, Eric Reed, obviously, no love lost. For the fourth time in seven games, the Cleveland Browns played in overtime this week. They lose 26-23 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as Chandler Cantanzaro hit a 59-yard field goal in overtime to win it. This came after uh, the Browns muffed a punt. Uh, Jibriel Peppers uh, can't do that. And uh, despite a couple of sacks on the drive, Tampa Bay was able to get off the game-winning field goal 26-23. Browns are playing close. They're very close. They just need to get over the hump. Once they do that, look out for this team. Saints beat the Ravens 24-23. Drew Brees throws his 500th career touchdown pass in this one. The Ravens actually had a 17-7 lead in the fourth quarter. The Saints went to work. Michael Thomas had a touchdown catch. Alvin Kamara had a touchdown run. But the big story in this one, Justin Tucker, after the Ravens had had, uh, scored what appeared to be the game-tying touchdown, Tucker, who hadn't missed a field or an extra point since he was a junior in high school, he missed. It appeared like the wind, maybe it got a gust of wind that pushed it off uh, to the right really fast. I don't know, but a shocking development, a shocking end to this one. The Saints beat the Ravens 24-23. Saints improved to five and one. Ravens fall to four and three. Washington beats Dallas 20 to 17. Uh, fairly boring game in this one, but uh, the Cowboys had a chance to tie the game. Actually had a chance to take the lead, but some very questionable play calling by Jason Garrett there. Conservative play calling uh, allowed Washington to face like no more than a tie or go into overtime. A snap infraction by the Cowboys long snapper was called. I didn't see it. I don't, I mean, it didn't look like anything at all. It's been dubbed a horrible call by the likes of like Tony Dungy on NBC. Either way, uh, back five yards they went. Field goal kicker Mayer missed the uh, field goal. Hit off the upright, I believe. Either way, Washington beats Dallas 20-17. to uh, ooh, St. Oh, boy. I, I, said, oh, I almost said St. Louis. No, they're the Los Angeles Rams. They crushed the San Francisco 49ers 39-10. Rams remain undefeated. They are 7-0 on the season. Todd Gurley, three total touchdowns in this one. The defense was dominant. Aaron Donald, I think, had four sacks on his own. He's just tremendous. What a beast. Uh, Can't say enough good things about him. And then, Sunday Night Football, Kansas City Chiefs humiliate the Cincinnati Bengals 45-10. Kareem Hunt had one rushing touchdown, two receiving touchdowns in this one. Pat Mahomes, four passing touchdowns. He's great. The Chiefs are great. Uh, This is a, a very fun team to watch. The Bengals had no answer. And then finally, Monday Night Football, the Atlanta Falcons beat the New York Giants 23-20. Uh, Odell Beckham did have over 140 yards receiving and a touchdown. Cost me a win in fantasy. Um, and But he did drop a two-point conversion. That's a call that Giants fans or the media is questioning. But that was what the Giants down 20-12 to seemed like. It was a decent call, though. The call was good. The play was good. The execution just wasn't. And Odell's got to come down with that. You take a look at the likes of like Doug Peterson doing that in a few weeks back against the Vikings. You know, then it it, it makes sense that way. But 
Either way, Falcons win. Uh, Julio Jones still has not found the end zone this season. That is ridiculous. Let's go to week eight now and make some early picks uh, for week eight here. Of course, the official picks and predict er, previews and pre predictions for the Sunday games can be found in the stack. That's uh, my blog, of course, at stackattack.sportsblog.com on our Football Friday post. Thursday, though, we always have the Thursday game, and that is the Miami Dolphins at the Houston Texans, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on Fox. The Texans have won four in a row. They sit atop the AFC South. They get to face Brock Osweiler, who they signed a couple years ago. It was dreadful. I'm taking the Texans. Sunday, then, NFL Network, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Central Time Eagles and Jaguars, both teams 3-4. and four. Both teams are desperate. But the Eagles are playing better right now. The Jaguars' defense is in disarray. Prove me wrong, Jaguars. Prove me wrong. But I don't trust Blake Bortles. Give me the Eagles in this one. Baltimore Ravens at the Carolina Panthers, then 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. What an interesting game this is. Uh, very difficult to pick. Justin Tucker looking to amend uh, what had happened last time. And the Panthers, you need to play a complete game. I'm not, I'm just still not sold on them. But playing at home, that helps. I'm going to go with the Ravens in this one, but I don't say that with any shred of confidence whatsoever. New York Jets at the Chicago Bears, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. So the uh, Sam Darnold going to face another great defense. Or, in this case, a great defensive player in Khalil Mack. Assuming Khalil Mack plays. Uh, that's fine. I'll take I'll take the Bears to beat the Jets in this one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Cincinnati Bengals, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Come on, Cincinnati. A tough loss to the Steelers, followed by a uh, humiliating loss to the Chiefs on national television. If this Bengals team is different, they'll take care of business against the Bucs. I'm not so sure they will, but I think the defense is better and their offense will be able to do enough against the bad Buccaneers defense. Give me the Bengals in this one. Seattle Seahawks at the Detroit Lions, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Interesting in this one, this is the first game that the Seahawks will have played since their owner, Paul Allen, died. You know, the died last week. He was also the owner of the Portland Trailblazers. Of course, you know, died of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Not very good. So they are going to play inspired football. But the Detroit Lions might be a little better right now. I mean, again, another toss-up here. I'll go Detroit, but don't look past Seattle to pull the upset off here if it really can even be deemed an upset. I just think that they're going to play inspired for uh, their late owner, Paul Allen. Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. This is the last meeting for the two this year. And uh, the first meeting, Denver gave Patrick Mahomes fits for a while. This is in Kansas City. It's not going to happen. Chiefs roll. Washington at the New York Giants, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. The Giants have to be able to do something here at some point, right? Right? Um, I don't think Washington's that good. But until the Giants can win, don't we kind of have to pick Washington? I guess we don't have to. Uh, I fully expect Saquon Barkley to have a big game, but uh, I'll take Washington in this one. Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Listen, the Browns have been close. 
but the Steelers, still no Le'Veon Bell, so that's an interesting uh, scenario going on there. I want Cleveland to win, but I got to go with Pittsburgh. Give me the Steelers in this one. Indianapolis Colts at the Oakland Raiders, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. No Amari Cooper. There's uh, reports out there on Derek Carr perhaps crying in the London game and teammates in a fractured relationship with them. It's ew, it's bad. It, the, the black hole is a, it's turned ugly. It's definitely a black eye in the black hole. Colts might not have Adam Vinatieri, though. He might have a groin injury. Oakland, prove me wrong, but uh, I'll ride with Andrew Luck and company. I'll take the Colts over the race. What about this atrocity of a game? San Francisco at Arizona, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Both teams are 1-6. Both teams stink. Arizona beat San Francisco in San Francisco earlier this year. So this is, of course, the last meeting for them. With the way Arizona looked last week, how do you have any shred of confidence in them at all? I don't. And Patrick Peterson wants to get traded. As of now, I think I'm going to lean towards San Francisco. But again, a, a true toss-up. I just, yuck. This is one of those ugh games for sure. And then uh, Green Bay Packers at the Los Angeles Rams, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Hey, Aaron Rodgers, maybe he's fully healthy. Maybe that leg injury is good. No, the Packers were off on the bye last week. Playing the undefeated Rams, Sean McVay. Yeah, good luck. Aaron Rodgers is not going to be able to match the Rams score for score. Rams roll. A rematch of the Minneapolis Miracle from last year's divisional playoffs. The New Orleans Saints at the Minnesota Vikings, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. If Rhodes is out, I that, that makes me lean towards New Orleans a little bit, but they, they want to exact revenge for what happened. But the Vikings are starting to really play some good football right now. Their secondary will be tested, but I think they can do it. I'm le- I'll give the Vikings the slight edge in this one. And then I picked the Bills at the beginning of the season to beat the Patriots on Monday Night Football, but that's before I saw just how terrible this Bills team is. And they're bad. They're, you know what? I, th- I knew they would be bad. They're even worse than that. Derek Anderson gets a start in this one. Patriots roll 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time. ESPN Monday Night Football. And those are your Week 8 picks. Again, official picks and predictions can be found in the stack. That's stackattack.sportsblog.com. Uh, picks, football Friday picks, every Monday or every Friday. Of course, the Thursday game uh, we pick on Thursday. Monday Night Football game we pick on Monday. So there you have it for this week. I want to thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We covered a lot. World Series, NBA, NFL, college football, college basketball. Uh, that's gearing up here in a couple weeks. Looking forward to that. Of course, NFL here. Uh, no Travis next week. Uh, he is in the cities. He's going to attend the Vikings game Sunday night and the Timberwolves game on Monday night. So uh, looking forward to hearing from him in a couple weeks about his trip there. So uh, as of now, it's just going to be a short podcast next week but we'll have charlie hildebrand to uh to talk college football uh play bull bound or not play when will they so definitely tune in if no for, if for no other reason then uh then for that segment right there uh then we'll make some picks for the nfl world series going on right now enjoy that 
Uh, all games are on Fox. So uh, you could again, you can find this podcast available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block Podcast. Also follow me on Twitter at ndstacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken. Have the link to the podcast posted in or on Facebook and Twitter, middle to later part of each week. We'll also try and put a link in the blog. Uh, so again, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you uh, tune in again next week. Download us again. Uh, Loads up. Enjoy have an entertaining hour and a half, couple of hours listening to us banter on about sports and and the like. So for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you tune in again next week. Uh, have a great week, everyone. Go Vikings. Defend the Minneapolis Miracle. You've been listening to another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.